So we've dubbed this week Vision Sunday, okay? Um, our bylaws call for some formalities that have already taken place in the service, um, but our hearts and our passions as a leadership for God's kingdom has led us to this conviction that what we really need to do with this Sunday, where we used to have like a service and then a meeting and a service, is we really need to paint a picture of where we think God is leading us and how we think he wants us to get there. So we offer this vision, like in this tension that we understand from the Bible, okay, where we plan under God's direction, but then we submit our plans to God's authority. Okay? This is his church. Okay? All of us, staff, elders, attenders, servers, all of us, we, we just serve him because it's his church. In the book of James, chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, James writes these words. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city. Spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. But you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live. And do this or do that. So the things that I'm going to talk about today, they're what we believe to be God's will. And God willing, he will enable us and empower us to accomplish them. Now, we understand that this accomplishing of what God has for our church is not completely dependent upon him. Okay? Because he's given us a role in, us, in this as well. We think he is faithful to lead us down a path of his will, but we have to be faithful to respond. That accomplishing his vision will require us to seek him personally for what he's doing in our lives and what he's doing in our relationships and then to respond to that leading. It requires each of us responding to people like Jesus responded to people. Where there's a need, we put our lives into play and we serve him by meeting the needs of the people around us. We also think it's going to take, uh, for many of us, the beginning of, be of becoming financial givers to the church. And for some, increasing those levels of giving. For the first time in many years, we've actually decreased our budget because of levels of giving in, uh, in this coming year, 2020. So that's a challenge, right? To increase vision and to decrease budgets. So it just reminds us that, that moving forward or fulfilling this vision for us becomes an act of faith. Because vision requires funding for facilities and staff, for events and, and programming, for outreach and missions. So I just ask each of us, that we just ask God, God, what is it that you would like from me in this regard and then we respond to that so my role in addition to um, these things that God asked for all of us the one who does most of the preaching and teaching my role is to create an awareness of what God is calling us to do that's what I hope to accomplish today right and then to motivate and provide enthusiasm for us to engage in God's plan and then offer biblical and practical help for being disciples 
of Jesus who make disciples for Jesus. Okay? Now, it starts with this vision that every person is connected to Jesus. Okay? In the early church, the first followers of Jesus were called by those amongst them, they were called disciples. Okay? Later, we read, and just really in very few places in the New Testament, that they were called Christians, but they were called by people outside of the church Christians because they were associated with Jesus. Now, I know it's just a, uh, like a difference in wording or terminology, but our focus, I think, is an important one. We are looking to grow followers of Jesus, not just people who are associated with him by name. If you think back to our preaching earlier this year, remember what we started out with a series on the thriving church. We looked at the book of Titus and looked at these characteristics of what it would look like if a church was thriving. And we went from there to a series on a vibrant faith. And we looked at the believers in Thessalonica and 1 Thessalonians and looked at these characteristics of people that were vibrant in their faith. And then we went into Psalm 139 and we looked at this intimate relationship that God has with us. Now, our vision for the church is that we simply would and purposefully would reverse that order. Okay? We purpose to make sure that everyone is connected to Jesus, right? that everyone knows God intimately. That's what it means to make disciples. Connecting people to Jesus has always been a part of our purpose. His influence on us, we think, is most clearly seen in his influence through us. That people know that our lives are different because Jesus is on the throne of our life. He uses us, then, to connect people to him. In the book of John, chapter 15, in the first four, now beginning with verse 5, I'm sorry, we read these words. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. So when we connect to our intimate God in that relationship, it produces in us a vibrant faith. And when we live out that vibrant faith in the community of other believers, we think that's what leads to a thriving church. Now Paul charges us as disciples or as followers of Jesus with these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Look in verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
Okay? As Christ's ambassadors, that's you and I, as Christ's ambassadors, he's calling us to live in such a way that people will come to know God through our lives. And our hope is that every person who comes to Troy Christian Church will have their lives changed and then join us in the work of making disciples. Now, part of how we believe that will unfold in the future is this vision. Number two, every disciple, a disciple maker. Okay? Let me try to paint a picture just visually for you that, that God has gathered together amongst us this mixture of people that is unlike any other he's created. Okay? Our, our church family is like a large mosaic. One piece is maybe a bright red or a cold blue, maybe a warm green or a sharp yellow or maybe a shining gold or, or some other color. Like it looks, um, some of them look, look really precious. Some of you look really precious, by the way. <laughs> some of us look really ordinary. <laughs> okay? Some look valuable. Others appear to maybe have less worth. Some look gaudy. Not that any of you look gaudy. It's the first service people, right? <laughs> but others look more delicate, right? We're just all different in that way. And, and like a, when we just take that individual bunch of stones, like all we can seem to do is compare them or judge their beauty and their value. But when all are put together and arranged by God in this mosaic of people, then we become a picture that reflects to the world the hands and the feet and the heart and the face of Jesus. And when you see that, who would ever question the importance of any peace? If one of us, even the least spectacular one, is missing, the picture is incomplete. And so together in this one mosaic, this one picture that God has created, each of us is indispensable as we make our own, our, our own unique contribution to God's glory through this church. Now that's community, right? And that's a church. And that's a fellowship of people who together make God visible in this world. Now, this discipleship language um, may or may not be familiar to you. It's really our inside the church language. If we go out and, and speak this in the world, they're like, what in the world is a disciple? You know? But in the church, we understand a disciple is a follower of God. So let me try to help understand what it is. God has called us as followers to live a life that honors Him and to live a life that shows others that we belong to Him. That's always been his plan, and it's not extremely difficult. Here's how he explains it in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5. Same principles. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down. And when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. He's saying this, live your life with God on display. God on display through you. 
Now, a few weeks back, we uh, introduced you to a tool that we just called the discipleship wheel. Right? You remember, it helps us identify where we're at. Some people separate from God still. Some spiritual infants or spiritual children, maybe spiritual young adults or spiritual parents. And I said, try to identify where you're at. Well, that's helpful, but maybe the most helpful part is not identifying where you're at, but identifying what's the next step for you how it is that you grow, that you move forward in your Christian life. That's what we're asking for us as individuals to do. But there's help with that. We've asked our elders in particular to make sure that their primary contribution among us okay, is to help shepherd us as God's people, to know us, where we're at, maybe on that wheel or in life, to know us, okay, to, then to help grow us right, through teaching, and through encouraging, sometimes through challenging, through walking with us, those who have made this church our church home, we ask them to shepherd us. Now, on the individual level, like how do you become a person who's not just a disciple, but a person who helps make disciples or someone who helps other people to follow God? I would suggest that first you have to open your spiritual eyes, okay? Take a look at the people that God has placed in your life. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about neighbors. I'm talking about coworkers. I was at a store on Friday, and, and a neighbor of one of you came up to me and said, yeah, my neighbor was just talking to me. <laughs> you know, I love it, right? A disciple, a follower of Jesus, just sharing that message. Ask God to help you be Jesus to these people in your life. It's not about preaching and teaching as much as it is about loving and living as Jesus to them. There's nothing fancy, spiritually elite about those things that are written in Deuteronomy. Just loving God and letting Him flow through every part of your life. Listen, I think when His Word um, is followed... And his spirit leads, um, something incredible happens. Like something incredible happens when the word of God and the spirit of God flow through the people of God. Okay? It's a beautiful thing when our relationship with Jesus shows itself in our relationships at home, in our relationships in the church, in our relationships out in the world. It's life-changing. When we realize all God is asking us to do is to use our relational connections to introduce people to Jesus by simply living our life on purpose for Him. That's the whole force of that, of that part in Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's the whole living out of Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 5 where he says that we are Christ's ambassadors. Now, we realize, like there's some people, and it's a small group of people in our lives with whom we have intimacy, those close relationships. There's probably a larger group of people that we have influence on, and most of the people in our life, we simply have a lot of interactions. Well, God knows that. Okay? He just asks us to display Him in every relationship, in every interaction. We as a church, we're going to help you, like through our preaching and teaching, like through our worship 
and through our training, through our events and our outreach initiatives. So let me kind of boil that down. Like if you're just thinking, how do I become this disciple who helps people to follow God? First of all, engage God. Okay? Know where you are personally. Purpose to grow as a disciple yourself. Ask God who he wants you to show him to and then follow his lead. Okay? You become a disciple who makes disciple a follower who's simply showing Jesus other ways that they can follow him. And then on a church level, probably the most changes have to do with this vision, every ministry producing discipleship fruit. Okay? Now, the enormity of the task is not lost on us as leaders. Our vision of every person being connected to Jesus, okay, of every disciple becoming a disciple maker, and of every ministry in the church producing discipleship fruit, honestly, is impossible without God. But that's the point from our perspective. Like God-sized visions require God showing up, <laughs> giving the vision, and Him participating in the fulfillment of that vision. So we've asked God to give the vision. We've asked Him to help us in fulfilling this vision in our different areas of ministry, different areas of service in the church. And so we're going to ask you to join, not just to ask God to do it, <laughs> but to put your life into play as well so that it can make a difference in our ministries. Now, I laid out for you a few weeks ago how critical we think it is that we create these biblical relational environments in the church, places where you can know and be known by others, but where the Bible drives that. So we're being taught and we're being fed the scriptures so that we can grow spiritually. Okay? I'm going to ask you to create a, a, a prayer list, maybe in your bulletin this morning, and you pray for Josh. Josh is our staff member over the small group's ministry, and we want to help God, ask God to help empower Josh to create these environments. Now, if you're a group leader, okay, and many of you are, I'm just going to ask you to commit to asking God to help you become a fruitful leader of this kind of a small group. Okay? And if you're involved in a group, I'm going to ask you to participate in such a way that you help your group become this community of Jesus followers who are helping others become Jesus followers. And if you're not in a group, it'd be a great growth step for you in that way. Now, we're also committed as a church to helping people grow in their biblical knowledge and practical ways to apply the scriptures to life. And so I'm going to ask you on your prayer list to add Drew to that because Drew is over our Christian education ministry. We have a couple classes that are already helping unfold the scriptures for us. In fact, they finished today a study of the book of Ephesians and next Sunday, just on the other side of this wall here in room 202 on the office side, they're going to start a new study of the book of Deuteronomy. If you understand... Uh, a lot behind God's commands he gave to his people Israel about how they should live in society, in community with one another. be a great study for you to join. I want you to pray for Drew because he's looking to expand this to some very practical areas for us as disciples. Things are going to help us grow our faith through the personal spiritual disciplines. Okay? Grow our faith through 
sharing our faith in life and in work, through exercising our faith through ministry, through living out our faith as parents and spouses and mentors and the like. So Pray for Jersey develops this team and then equips and trains these leaders that are going to grow us in these different areas. Okay? Now we are in the process of refining the scope and purpose for many of our ministries and our ministry teams. Okay? We think everything that we do as a church should reflect those commands to love God and to love people. The greatest command, and Jesus said the second was like it. So we think all of our ministries um, should be helping us reach potential disciples okay, or grow disciples or make more disciples. Okay? So pray for Drew as he works with all of our ministry team leads to help them move these areas of ministry into um, significant change. Okay? And, um, and then let me talk just for a minute about our, our young people. This church has always possessed a priority for our young people. We've staffed accordingly for many years, both in our children's ministry and our student ministry positions. I love it that two of the people that have probably the greatest passion for making disciples are leading those two areas. Okay? I love to watch our student minister, Charlie, okay? and our children's minister, Becky, as they infuse this discipleship piece into those children's ministry and student ministry cultures. Okay? I'm excited to watch our young people become disciples and then to at, watch as they, they make disciples. Okay? Um, pray for them as they lead these different areas. Okay, and then one uh, final area that we're giving strategic attention to is this area of our activities and events. Now, some of them flow through different ministries. So we've asked our ministry leaders, again, if you're going to invite people from Troy Christian Church to put their life into play, like make sure that what they're doing helps us to make disciples. And those events serve that purpose. And if they don't, then let's just get rid of the events. Okay? Now, Becky and I are working specifically on our community outreach events, things like Trunk or Treat or Night to Shine. Think about the difference it would make if our Night to Shine guests not only knew that they could be treated like kings and queens for a night, but think about how life-changing and eternity-changing it would be for them if they knew that they were sons and daughters of God. And if we could help introduce them to their heavenly Father in that way. Help them become disciples of Jesus. Okay? That's our calling. And we want to make sure that every time that we ask you to put your life into play, that every time we ask you to take your time or your talents or your treasures and put them into play, that it fits with the purpose of making disciples, of growing followers of Jesus and of growing His kingdom okay that's a big task right without god's help it's it's not going to be accomplished but with god working in us and god working through us individually and as a church i think when we engage in that that we will never be the same it's brought to my mind many times a prayer that paul prayed in ephesians 3 where he writes beginning in verse 20 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. 
Amen. So we as a church leadership, we've accepted the challenge to teach people what it means to be a disciple, okay? meaning to be in relationship with Jesus and on mission with Jesus. We've accepted the challenge to create biblical, relational environments where we can grow people at all levels in the church and then release our people to make disciples. Okay? We're asking you, by God's prompting, through his power to join us both on the journey as a disciple and as a disciple maker. So in light of that vision, just to close here, let me give you some practical steps for every disciple. Now these only make sense if your life is connected to Jesus. Okay? If your life is not yet connected to Jesus, I'm going to be at the back as we sing a song to, to close our service today. Uh, others will be back there. We'd love to talk with you about making that connection. In fact, we'd like to talk to you about it inside or outside this place at any time. That's what we're here for. But here's five simple steps. Maybe one of them really fits for you. For some of you, maybe that practical step is just to inventory your relationships. Okay? We're saying let God live through you, so take note of who God has put you in relationship with and how you can be Jesus to them. Simple step. Number two, live in community. Okay? We all need to be known and to know other people in the family of God. And if you're in community, live it fully. If you're not, that would be a great place for you to engage as a simple next step. Number three, engage in ministry. Okay? Find a place where you love to serve. If you've found that place already, dive in. Okay? If you're in a place that you don't love to serve, step out and find a different place. It's all right. We ought to be investing our lives in places that we enjoy, that God has equipped us and he's made us for, and we think, yeah, it's so good that I get to live my life loving others in this way. Number four, seek out, seek God for ways to disciple other people. Okay, think about the wheel. Don't forget those who are separated from God. Remember, we've told you and we'll tell you over and over again, like you are our billboard for our church. When people see you, that's what they see as Troy Christian Church. And that's what they see as a follower of Jesus. And so we're investing in you for you to re go out and use those relationships to share Jesus with other people. And then number five, take the next growth step forward. For some of you, maybe it's just to simplify, right? To make sure that your life's energies and your family's efforts and your resources are invested in kingdom endeavors instead of going a hundred different ways just to simplify. For others, maybe it's looking again at your treasure. The Bible says that your heart follows your treasure. God's provision for his church comes from his people. And for some of you, that is the next step. Maybe for you, it involves your time. Offering God your time for community or for ministry, or for simply spending time with that person that God has put in your life so that you can be Jesus to them. And for some, maybe it's, it's just your talent. Right? Putting your life into play, led by God for his purpose, say, God, this is how you wired me, so if you want to use me, then I'm all yours. Those are the key words, aren't they, God? I'm all yours. Your disciple, your follower. Right? Let's pray together. Father, that's our heart, is to be all yours. That's a struggle that I don't suppose will ever be over until this life is. But it is a growing yearning inside of your people. 
when your spirit is alive in us, when your word is what we feed upon, Lord, we become alive in you and you in us. Lord, be our vision. Show us your will. Give us hearts to follow it. We pray in Jesus' name.